0: This is Hemant and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist podcast. Hello. Good morning, Hemant. (laughs) Yes, it's very early for a Friday for us. But I uh, hate this. I know, but we're going to talk about a whole bunch of very different stories uh, based on the list I have here, um, can yeah, I start this to
1: be a wild episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, let me start out with a sad story, just because uh, I don't know how I can work this in anywhere else. But okay. um, Ed Brayton, uh, who was a writer at Pathos, he was he helped start up Free Thought Blogs, mm-hmm. um, and he's been an activist with Foundation Beyond Belief. He's been. Part of the Panda's Thumb, which was an evolution website that was really big when intelligent design was a thing. Um, several, He's been b- struggling with health problems for many years. Like his Facebook posts would be a lot of what's wrong with our medical system and how it's failing him. And so I've been watching kind of that happen for a long time. And he said uh, earlier this week... That he was calling hospice, that he knew the end was coming, Mm -hmm. and he just wanted to go as peacefully as he could. And uh, yesterday morning, uh, it was announced that he did pass away. And I guess the only, uh, not silver lining really, but he did die peacefully... I did want to quote one thing that he said. He posted something a couple of days ago on his website. He was still in sound mind, able to write. He wrote down, you know, I'm not afraid of death, but I am afraid to die painfully and with suffering. My hope is that hospice will put me on a morphine or a diluted drip and knock me out so I don't feel anything, then I can slip away. And then he went on to say, My gr- I, I hope that's true. I don't know if that's what happened, but it, it appears that is what happened, so good. Um, he wrote, my greatest hope is that after I'm gone, the world continues to be a more fair, to be more fair, just and equal. What else could we possibly hope for and work for? I urge you all to keep fighting the good fight for those core values. Don't be sad about this. Be hopeful. I got to make the decision myself and spare others from that awful task. I did it while still of sound mind, if not body, that means the world to me. I maintain my self-determination until the end. In closing, let me just say thank you again. You made my life better, richer, and more fulfilled, and who could ask for more? Goodbye, one and all. I will miss you, as I hope you will miss me. Be good to each other uh, along this incredible journey. And I would add, if you didn't get a chance to know him, one, you missed out. Uh, One thing I remember... That always makes me laugh is several years ago, there was a young high school activist, Jessica Alquist, who was fighting a battle to remove a religious plaque. And we did fundraising on my website uh, to support her and all that. One of the things that happened during the course of that controversy was that a state senator, her state senator in Rhode Island, went on the radio and the radio host asked the guy, what do you think about that high school atheist, that girl who is fighting this battle? And he called her an evil little thing in the interview, which was a stunningly crazy thing for anyone to say. And uh, people online made shirts that said evil little thing. They wore them at the time they wore it at the Reason Rally, which was happening that year. Um, And I remember Ed decided to make a shirt for himself because he was a large man. And so it said, evil big thing. And there's the picture. If you Google it online, you'll find it. But it's a picture of Ed and Jessica together with Ed's evil big thing shirt. Um, he was just, uh, he was a good guy. And I, it's one of the, those things that you saw coming for a while now. And I'm, it happened so quickly at the very end, but I knew he was struggling for a long time. And I just have to say, if you've been influenced at all, by online atheism or if that was your pathway into questioning your faith or anything, there was a really good chance that you were reading something that Ed Brayton helped develop or create because he was always behind the scenes when it came to this sort of thing. Uh, I can't tell you how many people when he started free thought blogs with like PZ Myers um, and, and at least a couple of other people like they brought in so many people to write about this stuff And again, he did all of that very quietly behind the scenes. And his website was also a great place for news stories. He was a great poker player, a stand-up comedian. Um, There's a picture I saw of him when he was a local reporter uh, appearing on Rachel Maddow's show from like a decade ago. Um, Just a nice guy. And uh, I'm sorry to lose him and... It, that's a loss for a lot of people who care about the sort of thing that we do. So I just wanted to to say thank you to him. And for anyone who doesn't know him, uh, Ed Brayton, Google him, find his stuff. Cause it's worth reading for sure. So just wanted to put that out there and now we could talk about other stuff. Thanks. Evan. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, I don't even know where to go from here. Let's talk about John MacArthur. Um, This guy, uh, this pastor in California, we've talked about him before because California has a COVID problem like everyone does. And one of the things they did is they had restrictions on in-person gatherings. And the rule that is in place in Los Angeles County is that if you are holding an in-person gathering, you have to limit it to either 100 people or 25% of a building's capacity. And for his mega church, that means 25% is a lot of people. So 100 people is the limit at his mega church. And for John MacArthur, he's like, no, I'm going to hold my large mega church services. And the county officials are like, dude, you can hold them outside. We will let you hold it outside. Mm-hmm. You know, do your social distancing, do mass. And he's like, no, I want it inside. He even went on to say that anyone who complied with the law was being disobedient to our Lord's clear commands. And by the way, there have been a couple of church preachers, at least big popular ones, who have said, you know what, we're not opening our building until at least January Um, you know, for the rest of the year, we're going to stay closed. John MacArthur said of them, they don't know what a church is and they don't shepherd their people. Like he is trashing any pastor who, who has any concern for their congregation's health. And what happened this week is that after weeks of John MacArthur holding like mega church services for thousands of people without masks, without social distancing, But the the county, first of all, his church filed a lawsuit against the county for their restrictions. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you allow protests, but you don't allow our church to meet, even though those are not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. And now the county has countersued, saying like, screw you, you're breaking the law. So we absolutely are going to hold you in contempt of our public health orders. So that's where we're at right now. They are in this legal battle over it. And I'm just, I'm astounded by any, I mean, I'm not surprised because it's happening all the time, but the idea that a pastor would think that a restriction that is meant to protect public health is really all about violating his religious freedom um, is just so selfish and so dangerous. He says in response, like, well, no one in my church has contracted the virus yet. (laughs)
1: Well, yes, it's an operative word.
0: And you're not, it's not like you're testing anybody. We don't know if that's true. And unfortunately, by the time we find out if that's true, it may be too late.
1: Um, this whole thing has really turned grown men into the toddlers. I knew they always were. (laughs) It is so truly wild to see these grown ass adult human people, literally say like, you can't call me you're not my mom. Like that's what this feels like to me. It is resisting any guidance. It's a mistrust of authority. It's so fucking juvenile. I can't, because a lot of people are just not, not wearing masks or not doing the things just to not do that. Just for the sake of being able to say like, nobody tells me what to do. This is America. And it's embarrassing for them um it is going to be a wild chapter in history when we find out that most americans are utter monsters i mean we knew that across history but it's really going to be fun to have the like twitter and facebook records for the rest of time knowing that when we say hey a lot of people are dying could you do this one very small thing or minorly change your life. People lost their fucking minds and now we're going to hit a million people dead or what the fuck ever. It is on
0: social media, but you can bet <laughs> people are going to delete the shit out of all this stuff as soon. As, so like, don't Facebook won't record it. You take screenshots. Oh, of I take screenshots your life. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe either. One thing that was really, I'm mean, again, not surprising, but just, you should all know this is that John MacArthur's ministry When the government said, we will offer you money to help pay your staff during the pandemic, at least for the first couple months of it, uh, his ministry received, and we only get a range here, we don't have an Mm -hmm. exact amount, but they received between $1 and $2 million in PPP loans to pay their staff when they couldn't meet in person. And at that point, it's like, yes, let us listen to the government. They are helping us out. And now the local government's like, please don't meet, therefore you won't hurt people. And they're like, how dare... Dare you try to tell us anything? Why would you help us now? His ministry I, makes more than 20 million a year. That's why, <laughs> that is why I think he is so eager to meet in person because you can't collect that sort of money when you don't have that peer pressure right in front of you. It oh. is.
1: Do you remember when Trump said we were going to open on Easter?
0: Was that before or after he said the whole thing would disappear and zero people would die?
1: Both before and after he said it a few uh-huh. times. Um it, it, God, the their need, the religious rights need to be persecuted is truly a thing to behold. Like, as if if they took the tiniest step outside their bubble or whatever and realized that like mosques and temples are all doing the same fucking thing as you, like it's just
0: it shouldn't be that complicated.
1: I can't, and I
0: won't, and I don't, and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so along the same lines, there was a story this week that caught my attention from the Elm Brook School District. This is in Wisconsin. And they were having a board meeting to decide whether to open school back up five days a week for in-person learning. And so before they voted on that, they had a they had their school board meeting. Of course, there's room for public comment and one lady decides to speak during public comment she spoke for a long time to the point where the school board is like your time is up ma'am and she's like excuse me you got to speak so i'm going to speak they're on the board she is not that's why anyway um so she went she, so after her time is up here is among the things she is saying uh 6 foot distance and masks are pagan rituals of satanic worshipers. (laughs) She goes on absorb that in six feet. Where does six feet come from people? Why is it not three? Why is it not five? Why is it not 10? Why is it not 30? Why is it six? (laughs) I'm almost done. We've been patient listening to all of you. So I'll finish. I'll finish quickly. Thank you. We are Christians. Our children do not practice satanic worship we don't have them stand six feet apart from each other with facial coverings. I will spare you the rest of her speech because it goes on like this for a while.
1: I just came up with a theory and I want you to hear me out. Okay. You know how the Bible is sort of garbage myths that people interpret however they
0: want to. I've heard of this.
1: Do you think that because people who take the Bible very seriously have had to pour through this book and find like, the double meanings of like oh he said this which means he means that mm-hmm. and that's why anything they hear they have to like put through like five
0: filters of like <laughs> well, they,
1: i know people don't. when god exactly said he they created
0: mean. the world in six days he meant six light years yeah, i know exactly. this because
1: right exactly so like they no longer possess the ability to just like read something and say okay that's what that thing says nobody's trying to give me a secret special code and right. so when anybody's like okay six feet face masks they're like six feet <laughs> i've heard of this before <laughs> this
0: is satanic i knew it <laughs> yeah it's like not every all of my suspicions have been confirmed not everything is a QAnon code i just imagine like a beautiful mind and like i'm looking at a magazine and every sudden lines all connect <laughs> Like it's, they're all sending me a code. It's like, no, just, we don't want you coughing on other people. Just stand away from each other. That's it. That's the whole thing.
1: Because I swear to fucking God, in some way, this is about me and I'm (laughs) going to find it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Here's the sad part. It was very clear listening to this school board meeting that pretty much everyone on the school board is like, lady, you're crazy. Shut up. But after she was done, and I'm not saying it's because of her. I'm just saying, this is what they were going to do anyway. They decided to vote to open school back up five days a week for in-person learning. Yes, with social distancing. Yes, with masks. And yes, that is still the stupidest thing they could possibly do Mm -hmm. because kids are not going to follow all the rules. People will get sick. Disgusting. Kids are disgusting when there's no pandemic. And during the pandemic, you think they're going to suddenly become hygienic and take all these right precautions?
1: Have we talked about the school districts being like, well, we can't enforce mask regulations on our students? Have you Ugh. have you heard about that? Because... As somebody who had to measure my skirt to make sure it went past my fingers when I was
0: 12. uh, uh, (laughs) Somehow they're all on top of that.
1: Yeah, that they're super cool with. My friend wore spaghetti straps and you could kind of see her bra and she got sent to the principal like and this they're like whoa we'd hate to violate these children's bodily autonomy it's very important that we respect them and how they want to express themselves via the their one quote time and their
0: conservati- appearance. the one-time conservatives don't want to tell someone what to do with their bodies
1: it's it's truly a thing to behold my friend i i I've lost, I think, all faith in everything. So that's sort of where I am now, personally. (laughs) Your
0: atheism has come full circle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm full on nihilist now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, I did have, okay, here is some actual good news. Genuinely exciting good news. Because this uh, person was not on my radar until this week. And now I'm like, how the hell did I not know about her? So there is a Wisconsin... uh, candidate who was up for in the primary earlier this week. Wisconsin held their primary for state office. And her name is Kelda Royce. And the reason I don't know about her uh, is because for the past several years, she has not been in government. But let me tell you a little bit about her history from like, she was elected in 2008, to basically Wisconsin's version of the state house. And she was a state representative for like a good four years. She served in leadership roles. And in 2012, she decides she wants to run for Congress. Mm -hmm. So she has to resign her seat and run for Congress. And she ended up losing in the Democratic primary uh, to a guy named Mark Pocan, who is is currently the congressman from Wisconsin, who is actually awesome. He's actually a member of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. He's not an atheist, but he's one of those like, yep, I'm totally one of your allies. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So no issue with that. But She lost her seats, and she was awesome, and it was a safe seat, so damn it. But she leaves. In 2013, she decides to start her own business. Um, And then in 2018, when Scott Walker is the governor of Wisconsin and things are not good, Mm -hmm. she decides to run for governor to unseat him in 2018. And one of her ads before the Democratic primary, she posts a campaign ad where she's talking about policy and why... You know, she has daughters. She wants to run for office in part for them. And I guess while they were shooting that commercial, her baby needed to be breastfed. Mm-hmm. And so uh Kel DeRoy's basically breastfeeds the baby as the cameras are still rolling and still talks about policy. Oh, cool. Doesn't, doesn't miss a beat. And actually, the ad they ended up running is literally that. It's just her like... Uh, like I'm talking about policy. I'm talking about, Oh, all right. Take care of my baby. All right. So as I was saying, I, and she just rolls with it mm-hmm. and it's great. She actually went viral with that ad. Cause like, here's a real working mother yeah. trying to do this. And it's amazing. Now she ended up losing that primary. She took third place in the democratic primary that year to Tony Evers, who actually became the governor, right. very narrow race. He became governor. But did she stop there? No, she didn't. And now it's 2020, and she decides, because she has been out of politics for a while, she decides that her state senator, Fred Risser, who if you don't know him, he was in the state legislature in Wisconsin for 64 years. And he decides now, you know what? I am I think I'm going to retire now. <laughs> so he is retiring. His district is like the bluest of blue districts encompassing a part of Madison, Wisconsin and the university in that town. So she decides, all right, I'm going to run to become state senator to take Fred Risser's old seat. Mm-hmm. And now it's a seven-way primary. That is what happened this week. She crushed that field. It was a plural. Uh, she won yes. a plurality of the votes. But... uh let me tell you about how she's running this. This is why I'm really interested in this particular race. Um, one, one, there's no Republican running against anybody. Like, <laughs> they know how blue this place is. So whoever wins the primary is effectively going to be the state senator. It's a formality. But let me tell you some of her biography. Uh, a former member, like I said, of the Wisconsin State Assembly, executive director of NARAL Pro-Choice Wisconsin, a yes. board member board member of the ACLU of Wisconsin. Yes, she does. said she is a supporter of church-state separation. And let me read you this direct quote. My experience as an atheist, an attorney, and a staunch ACLU supporter means I respect religion's role in private life, but reject its role in public policy or government. Religious views should not make law.
1: Dang! so
0: she won her race. She has no opposition anymore because there's no Republican there. She is, I mean, barring something weird, she is going to be their state senator Uh very soon. Um, But just an amazing candidate all around. I will say the one thing is even though there is a Democrat in the governor's mansion right now, the legislature, Wisconsin, is known for having the most gerrymandered uh, state offices in the country. So yes, she's a Democrat in the state Senate, but this is the state where like you can win 49% of the votes and get like 99% of the seats. I exaggerate just a little bit. So Republicans dominate the legislature, but still an amazing candidate of an incredible victory. And that's really exciting. And just piggybacking off of that, I have been keeping a list of the candidates who are openly non-religious and because all the primaries are just about done, I got a running total for you right now. Okay. How many openly non-religious candidates are on the ballot in November? Obviously, a lot of these are state lawmakers, but I'm mm-hmm. just talking state house, state Senate or Congress. How many Congress people, how many people do you think are running for Congress as openly non-religious
1: uh, so this is on all levels?
0: All lo- U.S. Congress in their respective districts.
1: A hundred?
0: Oh, I wish. Uh, but non-religious, like, they won their primaries already. Oh. And they are the are Democrat. they are the Democratic candidates in their congressional district. And they're openly non-religious. Remember, Jared Huffman is the only humanist in Congress. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamie Raskin from Maryland is a... I say humanist in big quote fingers because he uses the word Jewish uh, to describe himself, but he is a humanist. But then there are six other candidates on the ballot who are openly non-religious, including one atheist, Aaron Godfrey in Ohio, uh, who are on the ballot. So interesting. Again, hard races to win. But amazing. Yep. Okay, Not now like statewide. when you make me
1: guess things, I'm bad at guessing. Sorry,
0: things. that's okay. I make me look like a
1: fucking fool that, in front of our listeners.
0: That is my goal. Okay, there are 15 people on the ballot to become state senators, Roys being one of them, like we just mentioned, and there are 65 people running to be state legislators, uh, state house members in their respective states. Both of those numbers are higher. Uh, than I think I've ever seen before. There are still, like New Hampshire has, I'm pretty sure 300 atheists on the ballot for their primary next week or in two, uh, I'm sorry, September 8th is their Uh primary. But so those numbers I just told you will go up, but there's a good chance a lot of these people will be elected. And again, just because you're atheist doesn't mean you're a candidate I will automatically like. But I will tell you, every one of these candidates is a Democrat There isn't anybody else on this list. And as far as I can tell, their policies are pretty damn solid across the board. So if you're thinking like, you know, being an atheist, even if it's legal, it's I'm sorry, even if it's legal to run, being an atheist is like a deal breaker for politics. Uh There's a whole bunch of people across the country who are showing that is not true. That's awesome. Um, and if I could say just one more thing about politics before I move on to a different topic, which is there is a group that is brand new that you listeners may be interested in. This is not an ad, I'm literally just <laughs> telling you because I think this is awesome. It's oh, called just the chill. secular secular democrats of America. Oh. It is basically the whole goal. Let me tell you some of the things they care about: church state separation. Ending faith-based neglect of children. So no, uh, I'm praying for my kids' health. Oh, they died. I'm off the hook. Sure. Um, promoting civil rights that don't permit religious discrimination. Advocating for health care that is free of religious exemptions. Mobilizing non-religious voters. Fighting for like actual religious freedom. Pushing for religion, uh, re- reason-based policies. Respecting atheists in the military instead of pretending there are no atheists in foxholes. All of that stuff is what this group cares about. And the person who is kind of their their organizer for stuff, her name is Sarah Levin, who used to work with the Secular Coalition for America. And on Tuesday of next week, August 18th, she put together like an inaugural event for this group called like Make America Constitutional Again. She has Jared Huffman, congressman, atheist. Jamie Raskin, congressman. Athena Salmon, who's a state representative. Uh, Carlos Guillermo Smith from Florida, who is a non-theistic congressman. She has Ann who wrote Cosmos with uh, Carl Sagan and the producer of the reboot. Lots of people who are doing this Zoom event the week of the Democratic uh, Convention. Amazing group to get together. And really, what amazes me is just like... These are two words that as much as I want to see together, like Democrats, you should be reaching out to us. She's sure. saying, well, guess what? We're here and we're reaching out to you and we are trying to mobilize people to vote for Joe Biden in the election. And like, here's, and we don't care if you like it or not, we're getting our shit together. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested need the permission anymore, <laughs> exactly. We are, I'll post a link if anyone's interested. It's a free event if you want to watch it, but man, I, I hope that amounts to something bigger, but it has to start somewhere, so it's starting. It's great.
1: Whew. All right. All right. What now? Take your pick. Um, can I do my like, feel-good story?
0: Feel good, yes.
1: I don't get to do this very often. Um, so in uh, Colorado, there is a gentleman named uh, Kenneth Feltz. Um, he's from Arvada, Colorado, and he, when quarantine started, decided to start writing his memoirs. He's 90 and he just wants to chronicle his life. Um, and he said, and so as he was writing, he realized that he needed to include all of his life. And so at the age of 90, he came out to his friends and family. Um, he said he's, he knew he's gay since he was 12. Wow. But he said he made the choice to conceal his sexuality because he grew up during a time when homosexuality was both frowned upon and illegal. Um, He wanted to make sure he could include his one true love, Philip. So he came out to his daughter um, through a Facebook post and he wrote, I am gay. I am out. I am free. So...
0: Wow. Good for him. Yeah. I... I mean, I wish he felt comfortable doing it earlier, but the fact that he's still willing to do it now is amazing.
1: Yeah, um, he said that he uh, realized he was gay when he was fairly young, but he was taught in his Christian, de- devout Christian family that homosexuality was a sin. Uh, he told CNN, "I just knew that if I were to come out as gay, I would probably go to hell. I was going to, I was going to the grave with my secret," which is. All right, man, if that isn't an argument against Christian bullshit, it's, I don't know, man.
0: Good for him, though.
1: Yeah, hopefully because people
0: like him are speaking out, um, more people will push to. I mean, hopefully it makes it easier. It has become easier over time, I would think, compared to what he went through. Mm -hmm. But this is a battle religious conservatives haven't won. They're not going to win. The only question is how many more people they just want to make suffer.
1: Yeah, it's yes, you're exactly right. He um they re- he lived in California, um, which this article points out uh, so- the sodomy law wasn't repealed until nineteen seventy-five. And um he met his his long-term partner, um, Philip. Philip Jones, and they ended up breaking it off because, quote, the, ultimately the burden of being gay in a society where it was considered a crime became too much for Phelps, and he decided to break it off with Jones.
0: Aww.
1: So it's, uh, I mean, I'm glad he can come out now, but having to wait until you are 90 years old to yeah. be honest with your friends and family because of a religious burden you were given as a kid is maybe not a great advertisement for raising kids in a Christian household.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Um, Um, let me ask um, you a question. Yes. What is WAP?
1: Okay. I, I, (laughs) am not crazy about the fact that I am the one who has to explain. I literally said, Jessica,
0: please explain this. So I don't have to.
1: Well, um, and I said, I would only do it if I also got to dunk on Ben Shapiro for a while. So like, you are always
0: free to dunk on Ben
1: Shapiro. (laughs) So WAP is, um, wet ass pussy. It is a song by Cardi B and Meg, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, and it dropped last Friday, so we can go today. And it is a song very much celebrating um, women's sexuality and discussing sex in frank terms, in in a way that is focused on their these two women's desires and wants and requests from men. And we, as a society, aren't necessarily used to that. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it, so it, so it became this song. It like fucking blew up immediately. I woke up and it was trending on Twitter and I was like, I don't know what this is. And I don't feel like I should, but I I looked it up. It's great. Excuse me.
0: My, so my favorite part is Ben Shapiro, like reading the lyrics of it. It's, saying how horrible, horrible this song is
1: Which actually reminds me Of a goof that the McElroy Brothers did like five Six, seven years ago where they read all the Lyrics to Pony by Genuine <laughs> 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 Which <laughs> It turns out that's, that's <laughs> Those lyrics are also buck wild um, it's, it's just And
0: none crazy. of those It's not written to be like Elegant poetry <laughs> Um, i'm trying to i'm trying to imagine what the whitest song is where if you read the lyrics like they would make absolutely no sense even though everyone knows the song and everyone sings it
1: i was thinking more along the lines of the songs that if we like we've heard for so long and then all of a sudden if we Pay attention to the lyrics. Shit gets a little whack, like the yeah. song Young Girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Better run, girl. You're much too young, girl. That's oh. it. I just knew that off the top of my dome because I love old days. Young girl song by it is by uh, Gary Puckett in the Union Gap. Um Lovely. 1968. And so <laughs> men have been creeps. For as long as we've been recording music, yeah. um, so anyway, so there are a lot of think pieces. Teen Vogue has a really, really good one about um, how men tend to be the arbiters of sex. Um, let me see if I can find the so, quote that I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, I want to know what uh, since we're dunking on Ben Shapiro. Oh um, yeah, are we going to do that right now. <laughs> let's talk about whatever he said. But while I'll cue you up for it because. Uh, there's a congresswoman conspiracy theorist running for nothing because she lost. She tried to take on Nancy Pelosi and uh-huh. got destroyed. Her name is Deanna Lorraine. She said Cardi B and Megan Thee Salian just set the entire female gender back by 100 years. <laughs> there's a congressional candidate named James Bradley who said, Uh, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are what happens when children are raised without God and without a strong father figure. My favorite part of his tweet, their new song, The Wap, and then in parentheses, parentheses, which I heard accidentally makes me want to pour holy, (laughs) makes me want to pour holy water in my ears and I feel sorry for future girls if this is their role model.
1: Wait, how do you hear that? How do you hear it accidentally? (laughs) <laughs> that's wild. Like you're not playing it on like Light FM or whatever radio station she's listening to. I <laughs> oh,
0: was, there was an there was an onion Uh, article headline and I don't have it in front of me, but it's like, why won't these gay guys just stop sucking my cock or something? (laughs) (laughs) Like you you can just say, stop. You don't have to listen. You don't have to do anything like, (laughs) which I heard accidentally and could not stop playing on my computer.
1: Yeah. Um, So before there's a really good quote, I want to read kind of in response to what Shapiro says. And, genuinely the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen is this tweet that he sent out. Ben Shapiro. Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. As I also discussed on the show, my only real concern is that the woman involved who apparently require a quote bucket and a mop, (laughs) get the medical care they require. My doctor wife's differential diagnosis, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infection, or trictamine. So his wife is telling <laughs> telling him that if a woman's vagina is wet she is ill in some way which is not a great peek <laughs> into their sexual life i mean the it best makes me so uncomfortable
0: the best faith interpretation of what he's actually trying to say is he's saying sure women get wet but if it's too wet that's a problem and mm-hmm. that's my only concern here yeah. my wife agrees with me that women can't get too wet that's yeah. a medical condition mm-hmm. and everyone does dunked on him like crazy. it's been
1: uh dean Gloucester said ben shapiro reporting that his md wife told him she's never gotten wet during the relationship except, <laughs> except the result of vaginal infection is how do i put this dryly in retrospect perhaps the world's most predictable self-own <laughs> it's been so funny like it's i love nothing more than duncan and ben shapiro he's like a
0: gross idiot i think my favorite part of this is when there is a song about sex that is overtly sexual and to have all these conservatives who and christians who hate talking about that even when it's in a more medical context like sex ed in schools or something and they can't even deal with it then for them to be like let me explain to you why this song is problematic. And you realize they couldn't even talk about it in regular terms. Right. And right. they're trying and then you have Ben Shapiro like, Let me tell you what's wrong with this. Cause he would he would be mad if it was just if a sex ed course in high school said, Yeah, if you're horny, then women, you will get wet, or something. Like he mm-hmm. wouldn't be okay with that sort of thing either. No, no. And so for them to use that line of argument against a song like this and to put those together is hilarious
1: it's so good um and i want to read a passage out of this teen vogue article which by the way did you have teen vogue as the like best journalism outlet of our generation (laughs) and your bingo card because i didn't what Um, did they say criticizing and suppressing women who harness their sexualities and discuss it in frank even vulgar terms is a part of a long history of policing women's sexuality so no it's not surprising that some men are threatened when women display and celebrate their sexuality it's unfortunately to be expected women's sexuality has long been a threat to cisgendered men we can which we can trace even as far back As the Bible. In the story of Adam and Eve, women are painted as a temptress who will lead to the destruction of man, as illustrated by Eve taking a bite of of forbidden fruit. Women's sexual desires were to be controlled, or the women displaying the desires outside the quote norm were to be punished. During the Salem witch trials, promiscuity was one of many potential signs of a witch. So, um, women have been forever and still are living in this weird liminal space that if we are not overtly sexual enough, we're considered prudish, but if we like embrace our sexuality, even a little bit, we're sluts and whores and disrespectful. So women have always had to walk this line of, being sexy, because you don't want to be a prude, but not too sexy because no one will take you seriously if you're a slut. And everything we do, we have to understand is processed through the male gaze. So it's not even if I wear X and I think it feel, you know, I, I wear it for this reason. I have to process like, okay, I'm wearing a sports bra and, and running pants because it's hot out when I'm running or whatever. I have to then process that through, well, am I being like, displaying my body in a way that men are going to like criticize me or judge me for like it's, and we internalize that it's a whole fucking mess. So I am waiting.
0: (laughs) No, go ahead.
1: In short, women's sexuality is constantly being policed and judged, And I love that this one is so frank and so explicit that it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Women also have sex. You know that you have had sex with women most men.
0: Anyway, go ahead. I love I can't wait for a conservative pastor sometime this weekend to be like, "Let me tell you the exact milliliters of wetness <laughs> women should be." And try to pass that, so- pass that off as if it's a scientific thing. What I I'm really amazed by the fact that these people have a problem with women voluntarily like talking about they're wet pussies, uh-huh. but when Donald Trump grabs them, it's a it's non-issue fine. for these people. It's fine. They care um, more about what women do voluntarily than what he does forcefully.
1: I think the thing that made me laugh hardest this week, and I don't even know where I saw that, but it was just like, like a um, youth pastor turns around chair, straddles it. You know who else had a wet ass p- pussy? Jesus. <laughs>
0: gotta find a way to bring it back
1: strong youth pastor energy
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh boy oh man um so let's talk about robert jeffress to go on the other direction entirely um the pastor was on fox news this week and one of the things he said here's what he wanted to say Democrats are godless. He's trying to tell the Fox News crowd, Democrats are godless. But how do you do that when Joe Biden is like a devout Catholic and Kamala Harris is a Baptist and pretty much all Democrats are religious? Here's what he said, and I'm quoting. It's no coincidence that 70% of atheists identify as Democrats and only 15% as Republicans. The Democrat Party has become a godless party.
1: Yeah, we have. Which
0: is is bad math. (laughs) Let's talk about that. Let's talk about why he's lying. Okay. It is accurate to say 70%, roughly 70% of atheists identify as Democrats. That's based on a 2014 survey. I would guess now it would be even higher for atheists specifically. Uh But... When you actually like you could say 100% of atheists identify as Democrats, it does not mean that Democrats are a godless party. Like that same study that he is citing said 84% of Democrats believe in God in some capacity. Hmm. That's the survey he cited, but he doesn't know how to do math, so he twisted it around.
1: This feels like one of those, like, squares are like, all squares are rectangles, but all rectangles aren't squares. Yeah,
0: his logic is wrong. Like, just because atheists are liberal doesn't mean the Democratic Party is overrun by atheists. Like, I wish that were true. That's not true. (laughs) Don't throw you with a good time. And the thing is, like, here's what I don't get. I think, because I've seen this guy do his thing for a long time. I'm pretty sure Robert Jeffress knows how math works. I'm pretty sure he knows how to twist that because he does it the other direction all the time.
1: Are you accusing him of being intellectually dishonest, Hammond? Cause I will exactly. not hear that.
0: I know, I know I'm saying it. I can't believe I'm saying it of Robert so Jeffress. Right. And yet I think he knows what he's doing and he's doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, and by the way, Liberty university, when we left off last week, As we closed up, Jerry Falwell had just been suspended, taken a leave of absence from Liberty University. Yeah, we
1: broke that news.
0: (laughs) We did. And now, I just want to say, Liberty University was founded by Jerry Falwell Sr., uh, who was famously Uh, Uh anti-gay. It was taken over by Jerry Falwell Jr., the one we've all come to know and not love. And he's the (laughs) one who has just taken his leave of absence. So guess who's taking over for his spot Tell me, tell me. It's an anti-gay dude named Jerry. It's a guy named Jerry Prevo, who is the chairman of the school's board of trustees. He's a former Baptist uh, preacher for like 50 years, and he's anti-gay as well. He, he said in certain... want to
1: have to change the nameplates. Pretty I mean, like, well, sure. Let's find another like, homophobic Gary. I've,
0: I've read a lot of articles about how when Jerry Falwell would walk on campus, students would just call him Jerry because he's one of the dudes. Um, which is not a sign of a healthy campus by any stretch of the imagination. But now they can keep doing that. But Jerry Prevo has said when the Boy Scouts finally allowed gay people to attend meetings and run meetings and stuff, he said, well, our church will not allow the Scouts to meet here. And he said, no homosexual will enter the kingdom of God. Cool. He also blamed public school education for the reason people now accept homosexuality. And of course he's anti trans and very transphobic. And here's what I don't get. Like, I get why they needed someone to take Jerry Falwell's place. I get why they would choose a guy who's the chair of their school's board of trustees. But the, as we have said many times, the school's problem is not just Jerry Falwell. It's the culture that Jerry Falwell created on campus where like dissent is not allowed, where Mm -hmm. it's completely authoritarian. It's a private school. They're allowed to do whatever they want. But to replace Jerry Falwell with the Falwell clone right does not change the larger problems on campus, and to me, this is just showing the school's leaders do not care about what Jerry Falwell did. No. They don't care. They care about the bad headlines, but they don't care about the culture. So nothing will change. like what they're basically doing is saying, "Hey, old guy named Jerry, take a spot for a year." That way Jerry Falwell has time to pretend like he's getting therapy and then he can mm-hmm. come back and write his memoir that says I've changed and he could start working on that now so that a year from now he can come back and say, I'm a new man. Um, and he'll then become the fourth head of the school named Jerry.
1: <sighs> Great. No, that's good. I have no problems with that. <sighs> no
0: notes. How do you like, do you like Kamala? Are we good with Kamala? Uh,
1: I'm excited about Kamala. I, uh, I, understand she doesn't have a flawless record, but I bo- she's very progressive. She has shifted her, her beliefs and policies to the left, which I appreciate. She used to be against uh, marijuana legalization, and now she is uh, pro, at the very least, um, or pro uh,
0: decriminalization at the very least. There was least. a public so, defender, I forgot which outlet, but a public defender when she was the district attorney. So opposite sides of the courtroom there. The public right. defender wrote an article saying she was and is like the most progressive DA that I faced, which goes against the narrative in a lot of liberal circles that she's basically on the side of cops. That's a right. bad thing right now, etc.
1: Right. And I don't think we should be not critical of our politicians, but, um, you know, scrolling around kind of leftist Facebook and Twitter has been a strong bummer. Like it, it truly bums me out when I saw A white dude posts like, oh, they're picking, you know, it's an old perv and a cop, like what an uninspired ticket. And it's like, well, the Democratic Party is currently running the most progressive platform they ever in history. We, for the first time, have a... Uh, woman of color tapped to be a VP for a major candidate. She's a child of immigrants. She's brilliant. I cannot wait for the VP debates. It's a week after my birthday. And I thank them for this wonderful birthday present. I, I just, I, I took a day to just kind of be pleased and there, we don't get a lot of good news. And I really tried to avoid the Kamala's cop. Did you see what's-his-face refused to pronounce her name correctly? Who was it? Uh, Tucker. Tucker Carlson. (laughs) Like, he literally wouldn't...
0: While a guest is telling him, it's like, comma, literally, the grammar mark. It's a comma, la, herp. Kamala Harris's office softball team in the Senate is the Oxford Kamala's. So good. (laughs) Like, but anyway, that's how you pronounce it. They're telling this to Tucker Carlson and he's still like, I don't care. Kamala is blah, blah, blah. Um yeah, no, it's Which not. every brown person is like I've seen people like you my whole life.
1: You, I saw a tweet that was like all the brown parents out there are like, "Oh, you're running for VP, why not president?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. I did I did tell my daughter, "Look, it looks like you." And uh-huh. then she looked for about a second and then went back to doing whatever it is she does on an iPad. Well, it's um, hard to
1: inspire the youth, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will so I will say, like, with Obama, when there's no one who Joe Biden could have selected that these people that were complaining on the Democratic side, there's nobody that would have satisfied them. I say that as an Elizabeth Warren supporter like you, like they could have chosen Elizabeth Warren and they would have been like, yeah, we like her policies, but she's not electable. They would have had shit on everybody. So I don't I'm not bothered on that front because there's always shit on the side. And I'm almost I mean, you have to think. The people vetting her and the people working for the VP, like, picking selection committee, Mm -hmm, of course, they weighed all of this information. If they thought for a second, yeah, we know her downsides are going to be enough of a problem that we shouldn't do it. Like, of course, they looked at all that stuff, but... Here's one thing to think about. When Obama was running for office, he was not and I'm talking 2008 here for president. He was not in support of marriage equality. And there Mm -hmm. were a a bunch of liberals who were like, screw it. Why bother voting him? McCain, it doesn't make a difference because, look, you're just getting a not uh, someone who doesn't support it. And there were also people in the same camp who were like, it's Barack Obama. He's from Chicago. Of course, he supports gay marriage, but he can't say that out loud because whatever reason. And of course, even after he got elected, he didn't say it immediately. But when he actually had the ability and the tide had clearly turned, he was able to do it and wasn't an issue. And my hope is that now, if Kamala Harris is in a position where she's not up for election and it's not a controversial position anymore on a variety of issues, marijuana legalization, Um, criminal justice issues that she might have been on the wrong side of issues because she was Uh on them in the past. Right. She no longer has to defend that stuff. And she could say, you know what? I did this. I thought it was best at the time. And now I've learned more. I'm not supportive of that stuff. And like you said, like she is one of the more progressive Democrats in the Senate. Like, I think she has like a 93 percent same voting record as Bernie Sanders. And I I forgot what the substantive portion of that is. But it's, it's not nothing. And again, if you put her on the ticket, there is a good chance she could become... I, I don't buy the people who are like she won't change. You're electing a moderate person, yeah. and she won't become more progressive. I disagree completely. I disagree with those points. <laughs> yeah, when she is in office, she has the leeway to go more to the left and push people to the left. And, dude, if she's coming from a background that is African American and Indian, and uh, coming from liberal circles as uh-huh. she is in in California, yeah. you have to think she's well aware of what the progressive positions are. And she probably agrees with a lot of them and she will have the leeway to say that. Um, I don't think it's fair to just hold her to what she did in the past and say that defines everything about her because I hate to say it, but there are political calculations. These people make beforehand (laughs) Joe Biden had a lot of things. He's been in politics forever. Mm-hmm. What do you want to judge him on? What he screwed up with the Clarence Thomas hearings or who yeah. he's going to appoint to the Supreme court to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. I'm all for that. Let's judge him by that. Cause yeah. that matters.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think the other problem that I, I have seen kind of running in, in far left circles, which I don't disagree on almost any of their politics, but I also think that you have to take a step back and remember that like Yeah, we all want these very progressive politics, but Bernie Sanders didn't get the nomination because there just isn't enough support for it at the moment. And like that sucks, but we also can't force what we think is best onto the population because that's...
0: Unless we're (laughs) in office, which we're not.
1: But, But even if we are in office, like once Bernie, President Bernie Sanders or whomever got into office, they still had to like pass bills through like shit just doesn't magically change. So I think I understand that incremental change is not sexy and it's not what we're like stoked about, but unfortunately, like at some point you have to deal with the reality of like, my dad is voting for voted for Democrat the first time in 2016. And he was like, fuck Bernie, but he's going to vote for Joe Biden. Like I understand it's not fun to like lean to the center, but we need to win this election. And and we, then
0: push the hell pressure that right, exactly least, unlike Trump, they, they are, they have enough people working for them who do have an ear to the ground on this right. stuff. They do want to appeal. They know the future of the democratic party is moving left. It is to their advantage to isn't, shift positions.
1: Isn't press secretary Bernie Sanders, old press secretary or something? Uh, yeah, or, Karen, uh, or something.
0: She worked for Bernie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so again,
1: I, I trust like if Bernie's people are going to Kamala or going to Joe, like I trust that that is a good sign for what we're looking for. Not to mention the fact that like Kamala, like tore Joe Biden apart in the debates. And instead of cowering away from that, Joe Biden is like, no, no, no. I need people like that on my staff who disagree. Yeah, from, with me.
0: If Mike Pence did that, he wouldn't be vice president right now. Absolutely not. Um, Um, And I'm only saying that to say, like, yes, she I hope she gets more progressive. I firmly I'm not saying this like I'm not just saying this. I think she will get more progressive and she is more progressive than she gets credit for. But also I'm just saying, like, yeah, not my first choice, not my second choice for either position. Right. But also it's not that bad It could be way worse. And again, if they are in power and have the ability to appoint a gazillion other positions of power, Mm -hmm. who are they going to appoint? And there's good reason to think there are a lot of smart, progressive people. And to point and say like, well, he's cozy with wall street. Yeah, probably. But, there will be a lot of good that comes from the other positions. And you know what? If he does do something you don't like, I would so much rather criticize him from the inside than whatever the hell is going on right now.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I also want to touch quickly on the birtherism that has arisen around uh, Kamala because I'm obsessed with it. Did you read that Newsweek article?
0: I saw enough of it.
1: Uh, So Newsweek ran an opinion piece um, by ooh, what was his name? Uh, Doctor John Eastman, who um, I'm sure this is unconnected, but ran for uh, attorney general against Kamala and lost. I'm sure that has nothing to do with nothing, his garbage. No, none. Um, but he writes this whole like winding way that he is accusing Kamala of not being a um a naturalized citizen.
0: Which is false.
1: Which is absolutely false. And his reasoning is such garbage because literally it's, he said, I'm not, we don't know that both of her parents were naturalized citizens at the time of Kamala's birth. And if they weren't both American citizens, she isn't one, which is a wild assertion. And also, like, if we want to talk about people who weren't. Like might yeah. quote might not be qualified. Ted Cruz was born in Canada. John McCain was born in Panama. Like
0: Mitt Romney's dad is from Mexico. What? Born in Mexico. Oh,
1: Romney was born in Mexico. My my Mitt husband's Romney's making dead. a grilled cheese. Oh, Mitt Romney's <laughs> dead,
0: Mikey. He's yeah. making a grilled cheese sandwich. But the thing is, no one questioned John McKay's, mccain's McCain's oh, citizenship. I wonder no why. What do you think? Mitt Romney's citizenship. But, but Kamala Harris, could she, could she, maybe? And by the way, Newsweek, which is stupid enough to run that article, oh, so as now their editor. And again, it's it's not the Newsweek we grew up with where it might have been a legit publication it's a hollow shell right now. But the editor who allowed that piece to go up has uh-huh. now written a piece like, excuse me, no, that thing we posted earlier that Trump has now seized on and uh-huh. is spreading, uh, that is not accurate in the lead. Like the same Newsweek has now posted an article saying that was all bullshit. Like yeah. it's not true. She's totally legally qualified to be whatever. Well, vice President and, President.
1: Yeah, and the editor's note reads like, as if this thing, this Eastman piece got published in another outlet by mistake. Like there's very little, I think um, ownership taken to this garbage that they put out, which of course Trump seized on like, okay, can I just read this? Cause it's, fucking wild. The language of Article 2 is that one must be a natural born citizen. The original Constitution did not define citizenship, but the 14th Amendment does, and it provides that, quote, all persons born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens. And then he goes on to posit that because her dad is a Jamaican citizen, or has dual citizenship, and I think she technically does too, because she has dual citizenship that means she's not qualified it's like subject to complete jurisdiction not merely a partial jurisdiction such as that which applies to anyone temporarily sojourning in the united states like it's the wildest string of like legalese i have ever seen it's it's it is sound and fury signifying nothing it's garbage um Um.
0: I, I want to pick back on that there is yeah. a candidate for Congress who's running for John Lewis's old seat, but okay. uh, it's the Republican running for John Lewis's old seat, yep. meaning she will lose in a landslide. But she is their candidate. Uh, her name is I want to make sure I get that right. Angela Stanton King is her name. Uh-huh. Um, but here's what she typed in, because she who is she's black and she wants to call out Kamala Harris for not being really black and how did she do it uh kamala harris married a white man she loves white men she was also sworn in by joe biden as an indian whatever that's supposed to mean and so she says very sarcastically this is such a win for black america i know they're proud then she follows up Black America. Is this your queen? And it's a picture of Kamala Harris with her Indian mother saying like, I'm no genius, but I've been around black folks all my life and this ain't it. She has the red dot in everything. That's what the Republicans are running with. Is
1: that woman black? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That is not a great
0: He's like the diamond black. Yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe invalidating people's cultural identity is not the way to go if you're also a minority. But like, I don't know. You can you can speak for that. You're a minority oh,
0: white. No, like if you're if you're a mix of two things, you're a mix of two things. You're not half like you're not literally half of one. Therefore, you're not fully one of your identities. Yeah. You're just multiple identities. I agree. <laughs> I have a theory
1: that conservative people are incapable of like grayscale thinking and only think in terms of black and white. Yeah. The fact that I like the fact she's
0: not allowed to say she's Indian when she's also making claims to be black. Like, dude, she's both. It's not a math problem here.
1: Right. That's exactly right. Like, and I think that's just an important thing for us always to take of like, just because I support Joe Biden and support Kamala Harris does not mean that I am uncritical about them. Like those two things aren't the same thing. I can be critical about something I like and love. Like I kind of like our country at this point, but I'm highly fucking critical of it because I think it could be better.
0: (laughs) And Uh, as many people have pointed out, like... Uh, she's she has Indian heritage, that's true. She has her father's Jamaican, that's true. When she's driving on the road and she's not a senator, mm-hmm. she's black. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she, oh, you like code switch all the time. All from- Exactly, and it's the idea that she is not fully one or the other because she's both is just idiotic. You can be both. And at sometimes, depending on what you look like on the outside and depending on what situation you're in, you may say you are one thing rather than the other. Barack Obama was obviously half and half, but in practice and the way people looked at him, he was a black man. Like...
1: Which nobody ever says that to a white person. Like, I'm 50% Italian, but I'm also a quarter Irish. And if I told somebody, oh yeah, I'm Irish, and they found out I was half Italian, they would never invalidate my entire identity by saying like, oh, you said you were Irish, but I see you're most, like, you're also Italian. Ha ha! Caught you! Right? not a thing anybody would ever say to a white person.
0: Conservatives see Kamala Harris like that dress that was like black or yellow. Like, (laughs) it has to be one or the other. Yeah. It can't possibly be both right if there's only one answer to them and you have to agree with them no matter what um, like can, no dude it can be both it just depends
1: can i ask for your favorite take on uh, on kamal harris um number one is she's not black she's not african-american she's jamaican or <laughs> or number two no there's more Hammett. not uh uh-huh. not asian she's indian
0: Which one's better?
1: (laughs) Because they're both pretty bad.
0: (laughs) They are both pretty bad. I anyone who has to ask the question, like you know they know nobody who fits either one of those descriptions. Like you wouldn't ask it if you knew someone who's had to face that thing. Like on surveys, I've had to say I'm Asian. Even though if you ask me, like, what are you? It's either South Asian or Indian. Uh-huh. Like, I don't say the word Asian. Is it technically true? Yeah, it's technically true. But again, it's it's a more cultural thing. And like, what situation am I in than anything else?
1: Wait, South Asian or... Wh- I've heard South West Asian,
0: Asian. What is that? I've never heard West Asian. Oh, but South Asian to applies to Indians. Okay. Like, Indian-Pakistanis? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, at least I've heard them use it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of those, like, it, there's a difference between what we call ourselves, what description we use. It doesn't negate anything. And again, it's a stupid question asked in the first place, because who the hell cares? Because as Biden even said, and I know it was a script, and I know he was just kind of reading it, but, like, by picking her and to allow all those young black brown girls to say, like, she looks like me. Maybe I could do that. Maybe that you is a you big deal. And that matters. And like to to try to mathematically figure out which one she really is defeats mm-hmm. whatever you are trying to accomplish. Is just a stupid endeavor in the first place.
1: Yeah, it it absolutely is. It's been it's been a truly wild last few days. I'm already exhausted. November is so far <laughs> away. I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs>
0: Well, don't worry because none of us will have the chance to vote by the time November rolls around. Oh at my this God, rate. the
1: USPS! I'm just and he said it. Trump said it. He said. I know. It, he
0: just said it out loud.
1: He said the quiet part out loud that he's defunding the post office so people can't vote by mail. Like what? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I can't. I.
0: I don't know. Tell people at your white people meeting to stop it. <sighs>
1: I hate the white people meeting. I actually do have a white people meeting. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a great look. Call the
0: wine club, Jessica. It's all right.
1: <laughs> um, I, do, <laughs> I, did get, I, I think you'll appreciate this. I uh, last, so I was out of work for a long time. Illinois unemployment insurance was like giving me the runaround. And finally last week I got through to them, cleared up. Whatever, there was like a glitch that they thought I didn't qualify. They're like, no, 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 you definitely did. Um and so I got <laughs> so I got my my stimulus check and it was like a chunk of money that I'm not used to having all at once. and I went yeah. directly to Benny's <laughs> my wine rack. and then yesterday I went to the dispensary and did that thing. And like I just enjoy being Republicans' worst nightmare that I use my <laughs> state aid on booze and drugs. and I just it just makes me sleep better at night to know that I am just somebody's worst nightmare. Huh. Makes me feel very good. <sighs> is that it? I'm, I'm done. Okay. Um, before we plug everything, um, I were to start the plugs, I guess I was on a podcast called media evil. Um, it is a medieval pop culture podcast. It's hosted by my friend, Sarah Ift Decker. Um, and she is a, medievalologist don't know she's got like a doctorate in medieval studies um and so she watches media about the about medieval times and then discusses them from a modern viewpoint from a like quality of movie viewpoint. And also from a, like how realistic in terms of medieval stuff is it. So I was on that. We watched, um, army of darkness, which is the third in the evil dead series. When he travels back, when Ash travels back in time to medieval times. Um, and we talked about it and we had thoughts about it. Uh, it was so much fun to record. She's so smart and funny. Um, and she said it is going to be posted, Next Saturday, the twenty second. So it's media m e d i a dash evil e v a l like medieval, um, and it's on
0: uh,
1: on iTunes. It's very good. I'd recommend it. It's a lot of fun.
0: Very cool. Um, all
1: right, what do you have to plug, bud? Uh,
0: nothing. I'm. You know what I'm spending my tomorrow doing when I'm supposed to be watching my kids? I am doing a crossword tournament called Lala Pazula. Nerd. That's right. It's not too late to sign up if you're hearing this on Friday. I have no connection to it, but.
1: Dude, it w- took a minute to uh, do today's mini
0: crossword puzzle. I, I had a distraction of sorts.
1: Oh, yeah. You're not just an idiot like me?
0: No. Nah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You beating me every day on the mini crossword puzzle and Ross Blatcher beating me every week on Words with Friends. (laughs) I really need to get dumber friends. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: I'm 100% Asian. (laughs)
1: Uh, so you can find us at um patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast if you like what we're doing. Oh, Mikey, good news. My husband, who's like a former like cool 80s, 90s skater kid, um discovered that there is a, a um skate Christian skateboarding movie. Wow, um, and he demanded that we uh, get drunk and watch that. So that will probably happen this week. And so that'll go up in the bonus feed. And hey, thank you everybody for supporting the show. Like I don't know that we make it clear enough. Like your support makes a huge difference and it's meant it. that we have been able to continue doing this through all of our, uh, all of our other obligations. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So you can find, find me there. at, Oh yep. yeah, you do. I'm first. at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Uh, go to friendlyatheist.com for news stories.
1: Uh, I'm Blueberry B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, you can always email us at uh friendly atheistpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, shout out to I think her name was Jackie. She wrote us a really lovely email um yesterday, I think. Anyway, it was really great and it made my whole day. Um, oh, I have to oh, go on to iTunes.
0: While you find that, be back next week. I know the convention is next week, so I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. I know I will have some stuff to talk about when it comes to the Democratic platform, Uh and hopefully uh, we'll see what other news comes next week. Cool.
1: Uh, And so I'm reading a five-star review each week, except for the weeks that I forget. Um, This one I did screen grab and send to my parents for the official record. Uh, The title is, Jessica isn't annoying. (laughs) 1970 anyone who criticizes criticizes Jessica can go I assume fuck it's F star 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 themselves I can't think of anyone I'd rather have a drink with because I won't have to worry about keeping the conversation going I could just sit back listen to her rant which would be amazing i do allow other people to talk friend um i think people who ridicule <laughs> ridicule her don't get her she's over the top but in a good way all right she doesn't take herself too seriously she knows she's a white af and laughs about it as well when her folks fun at her oh and Hammond is cool too great podcast y'all i'm always excited when a new one comes out love y'all
0: sweet thank you
1: it was very nice and made me laugh a whole lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right we'll I talk
1: it not an annoying like tattooed across my back because oh my god i need to be reminded i'm not annoying wow <laughs> <laughs> like all right um cool well we will talk, we'll talk
0: to, you, to you, next you next week bye everyone